just looking at how we have to wrap our mindset around what is a real asset that's going to pay dividends to us. If it's not paying dividends, you don't even like, uh-uh. Okay, it's not going to pay me? Okay, no, uh-uh. And is it a need versus a want? We don't even look at needs versus wants. Like, I need these red bottoms. Mm-hmm. You know, like, no, you don't, no, you don't, no, you don't. Because I don't need red bottoms. So they make orthopedic red bottoms. But right now, I'm like, ooh. Those things, everybody talk about how much they hurt your feet. And I'm like, ooh, wait a minute now, hold up. So, but we just got to look at what we need versus what we want, too. So, what up, though, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another installment of the Black Fridays podcast. This is a very, very special episode because we have Detroit royalty in the building. We have someone who is an author, a philanthropist, an entrepreneur, a senior director of, uh, I forgot the, I'm forgetting the title. Investments, it doesn't matter. Yeah, okay. senior, <laughs> senior director of investments at Oppenheimer. We have Miss Gail Perry Mason in the building. How you doing today? Hey, it is so great to be here. I'm honored to be here. So thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Honored to have you. So wanted to be able to dive a little bit into your background. So as I had mentioned at first, it's a lot of things that you uh, have dove into over your career, but really want to know kind of more about your background and what led you to being in the financial investment space. Oh, wow. <laughs> you really want to know? <laughs> yes. Totally different. It was totally, it was a divine assignment, but it was totally just great. So my background is, you know, I was in foster care, grew up mm-hmm. in Detroit, all of that. And so I had parents, I had a mom and her mother who raised me mm-hmm. and they ended up, they never had an opportunity to go to college. So they never had this opportunity. So when I told them like, hey, I'm going to college, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. So, but my parents were, my mom was in her 50s when she adopted me, so she was very strict. Grandmother in the 80s, so it was just strict, you know, raised in a strict environment. Mm-hmm. So I went away, I had an opportunity to go to Michigan, like you, Dex, and everyone, going to Michigan. And then, so, but I was in the bridge program, I guess, in yep. the bridge program, and I was like, oh, wait, I gotta work. Because I told, came home and told my mom, I'm going to school, and going to college, said, okay, good. Okay, just tell me where you're going. You know, thank you, I'll see you later. Nobody did, no support, no nothing. She didn't know how to. So I was like, okay. I had to choose between Michigan and then I got a scholarship to Eastern. So I had all my girls go up to Eastern, all my girls go to Michigan. I was like, okay, where are we going? And they said, the best parties are at Eastern, we're going here. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so guess where I went? I went to Eastern. Anyway, I went to ways This is leading up to how I got in the financial industry, major in biology at Eastern. Wanted to be a psychiatrist, help kids, do this, a psychology, whatever, just to help children. Then I ended up going to Eastern, having the best time of my life. It was like freedom. Mm-hmm. And it was like, wow, I don't have to say I'm going to bed this time, do this. Can't have boys not call <laughs> after this time. Can't do this. So anyway, I ended up, my second year of college, I got married, pregnant, and divorced, all within six months. Nobody's business on this podcast, which came first. Mm-hmm. But anyway, <laughs> I had my oldest son. And then, in, so no, most people don't even know that that, because it doesn't even matter. It would be off my credit report by now, my everything. <laughs> so anyway, so fast forward, I had a child. And I went to school, so I went, came back home, went to U of D, and then ended up going to school at night, because I had to raise my son during the day. So I ended up, it's like, what am I gonna do? So I saw my resume everywhere. Then we didn't have what you all have. We didn't have emails, Google, whatever. I'm much older than Google and Facebook. Mm. So anyway, so I'm like, wait, 
what am I going to do? So I ended up, um, a brokerage firm called me and said, hey, can you be our receptionist? And I was like, whoa, I, yeah, I would. Brokerage firm. I was like, thank you, God, I'm broke. They want me to work at this brokerage firm. <laughs> so I didn't even know what a brokerage firm did. But I saw all these people coming in the door with all of this money. You would not believe it. All these people coming in the door. And nobody looked like you. Nobody looked like me. Mm. No females and no African-Americans. Neither one. So I was like, oh, finally a female walked in, but she was white. And she said, you know what? I want to invest. I said, well, wait a minute. So I'm a receptionist. Love to talk. So I'm like, how much money you got? And she said, I have a million dollars. And I'm thinking in my head, oh, I'm from Detroit. Mm-hmm. It's like, she hit the number, <laughs> called a case, you know, something like that. I'm like, oh, hey. I was like, okay. So I was like, oh, I said, well, what? She's like, I got divorced. And I'm like, girl, me too. And she said, well, I got this money from, you know, from my divorce settlement. I'm like, well, overdraft protection was my line of credit. So I ain't know nothing about it. I said, divorce? I'm like, who would you marry? So anyway, so fast forward, she said, I never want to work any, you know, not a day in my life. I want to raise my children. And I said, well, neither do I, but I'm behind his desk. So she Mm -hmm. said, I'm going to invest this and I'll make my money work for me. And I was like, whoa. So that's when I realized success leaves clues. Everybody here. So I asked her to become a secretary and go into people's accounts and see what they own. And I said, wow, everything they own, I'm a consumer of. They're owning it, making money, making it work. And I said, oh, I gotta teach my people. So I became a secretary, got promoted there. And then I said, hey, can I become a licensed, you know, investment advisor? You're like, oh, no, Gail, you're a single mother and you're African-American. That's exactly what they told me. Wait, you're single mother, you're black. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, whoa, like, so that means I can't become, and they said, nope. Not at all. So one one of the guys I worked for had Series 7 books on the table. I didn't know copyright laws at the time. I went and copied his books. <laughs> and I b- picked up Brandon from daycare, brought him to the office, Xerox all these books. And then I ended up writing and ended up, you know, studying four to six every single morning. And I said, I'm passing this test. It was a math test. I'm like, I'm good at math. Let me change my major from biology to business. Anyway, fast forward, I passed the test. It was like, oh, so, so what? You passed the test. So what? You cannot, we're not going to invest in you. We're not going to invest in you anyway because you are still the same single black mother. So I ended up reading about people like, and, I, and that's why I always say success does lead clues. Mm-hmm. But I had to case the situation out. So case means copy and steal everything. That's why I stole the books. I was looking at what everybody was owning, buying, whatever. And I just started learning from successful people. Mm-hmm. So then I said, okay, let me, you know, I said, okay, let me read about John Rogers. I read about John Rogers. Melody Hobson was the intern for John Rogers. Now, I don't know if you know who Melody Hobson is. She's married to George Lucas. She's on the board of Starbucks. She's the president of Aereo. At the time, John Rogers was the president and CEO of Aereo Capital in Chicago, the largest African-American-owned investment firm. I said, hey, can you come to Detroit? Her and I sat down and I put on a seminar at the St. Regis Hotel for $250 that I earned in tips two weeks before because I took the nights and I wasn't going to school. I worked as a cocktail waitress. I went down to St. Regis Hotel, made it rain. Like, look, here you go, right here. Like, I had dollar bills, quarters, everything rolled up and ended up putting on that seminar. And I ended up learning how to go to the black MBAs, the black accountants, every organization. Hey, come to this seminar. I just put like a little ad a free ad, a free announcement in their newsletters, come to St. Regis Hotel this day. I had over 200 people out. I went to my job next day, look, I got 100 accounts, bam. Like, all these people invested. And they was like, can we even want these little bitty accounts? And I literally sat at my desk and cried. 
And they said, okay, we'll give you a chair, kind of like what I'm sitting in now with some wheels on it. Mm-hmm. You could roll over. You could try to be an investment advisor. We're not going to invest in you. We're not going to train you. These are the numbers you got to make. We give you 90 days to make it. If you don't make it, why don't you wheel right back on or roll right back over. Then I became, you know, VP, senior director, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, so that's how I did it, by teaching people, my people, women, children, everyone. So I may not be the top producer, but I I want to do whatever I do to give back. So that's my divine assignment. So long story, that's how I got in the industry. I love that. And I'm curious because it seems like you, and just from like previous conversations or talks that I heard you give, like you've lived multiple careers or had multiple jobs and i'm curious if those catered into what it is that you do now like if you feel like that helped better prep you for the role that you have in the investment industry now by having those different assignments um over your your career you know what and my assignment started like i'm you know i found out because i was adopted and i'm half jamaican so i've worked since age 12. Mm. from working in daycare to helping kids out there from working at mcdonald's hiring all my friends i always had this plus one strategy all these careers have helped me if i'm working at mcdonald's back in high school i'm like look okay can you hire my friend my friend my friend my friend i always if i have a seat at the table to gain access to making money or access to opportunities. I always bring somebody with me. So I'm working at McDonald's to daycare to also to working at the brokerage firms. I always try to bring people in who look like me or people who need an opportunity to break so they can rise higher than me. So yes, so it has prepared me from being a receptionist. This is where you talk to people. People don't realize how important that position is in life. Mm -hmm. That's the first person you see. Being an assistant to somebody is like so important. And so that's why right now, I mean, I still to this day, if I pass by, if I'm in the office, I don't care what position I, I'm at, how high I am, I will, if I see a phone ringing and whatever, I will answer, I got my phone voice, you know, and, you know, I've been can I help you, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, can I help you? I would, nothing is ever beneath anyone mm-hmm. and I don't care so I still hold every position I've ever had whether it's greeting people if people come in the door they don't even look like me still and people come in the door and they look at me like I am you know like oh she's you know she's receptive whatever I will offer people coffee I will offer people I'm still a servant in this life is still my position but I always bring other people to the table to rise higher than me is my other position so it did it prepare me for it yes because mm. I know what it feels like to be in every position I know what it feels like to be discriminated against I know what it feels like to have even people come to me and I was just thinking about this the other day I had one lady I was sitting with a client who was dying and she just sold all of his land to Walmart and I'll never forget it and I inherited this client from someone and I went to go meet with her and I talked to her on the phone for a while and I met with her and she had millions of dollars, which everybody wants clients with millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. This lady said to me, you're colored. Mm. And I'm like, yes. And she says, well, I, I can't give, I can't have you touch my money, manage my money. And I'm like, wow. And I didn't think about it till later. So. You know, all of these obstacles, you know, overcoming, but it helps me prepare other people, you know, of course. But I was like, well, I don't even, I don't care how much money you have. If you feel that way about me, I would never, ever. So I've learned so much. And then this way I could, you know, teach 
a lot also. So did it break my heart? I mean, I've shared, I've shed so many tears for the next generation. Mm -hmm. So I've already tried to open doors and shed tears for the next generation. So they won't have to grow through what I had to go to. That's phenomenal. And I, I'm, I'm putting a pin in that because I want to introduce you to my favorite section of Black Fridays, which is Freestyle Fridays. So, okay. Miss Perry Mason, I hope you can rap. Uh, I've seen your son Dexter rap a few times, so hopefully oh, you can. Dexter you can. Neither can I rap. Neither can I rap. We can't rap. Okay. No, so I'm joking. You don't have to rap or okay, freestyle. Good. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay, good. Okay, good. You know I can't rap. I can't rap. Yeah. But it is a random assortment of questions. They all about you, so you shouldn't get them wrong. And I just got okay. two rules that you answer every question and you answer honestly. Okay, done. Done, right. done, done. So let's yeah, do, do it. Okay. So uh, native Detroiters, both of us, I want to know what's your favorite Detroit landmark if you had to pick one. Favorite Detroit landmark is... The library downtown, mm. where my mom took me, the first time she ever took me to a library. That is my favorite landmark every time I walk by there. That is my favorite landmark. The other favorite landmark is Hutzel Hospital. I got two of them. Mm. It's Hutzel Hospital, the home where, I mean, where that's where my biological mother just left me. And that's where I sit on the board now. So wow. those are my two favorite landmarks in Detroit. That's powerful. And I feel like the library is very underrated, super underrated. Oh, Beautiful, yes. old school building. Oh. Loved it. Yeah. Yes. I walk by it all the time. I'm going to go by it today. Yes. And I, I know that, to follow up on that, I know that you read a lot of books. So do you have a favorite book of yours that top of mind is, is your number one? The Richest Man in Babylon. Mm, I just read that a few months ago. I loved it. Isn't it best? Mm -hmm. See? We just like okay. Yeah. There okay. we go. Okay. I like that. Okay. Um, what would you say is your favorite social media platform? Um... I like Facebook because I have I always got my Facebook family. I love Facebook, but I'm learning to like Instagram now. I'm trying to, you know, be on the gram a little more. So, okay. But no I, I no like TikTok. It. You know, I did my first TikTok video. I'm going to show it to you later. Okay. I did my first TikTok video with my best friend. It is the craziest thing. I'll show it to you. So, okay. TikTok, Gail Perry, Mason, Dorian. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just our first TikTok video. Nice. It's funny, but yes. Okay. And out of all the jobs that you had, what would you say is the most random job that you that you had? Cocktail waitress. Never waited on tables in my life. Just knew from cleaning up behind, you know, my you know my mom all the time. You know, going to take so just taking drinks with two hands to people on a plate you know, on a thing. But that was probably the most random. I worked at a bar called red paired back in the day and that mm. was the craziest thing but i had to do it in order to pay for daycare in order to pay for seminar and i only lasted two weeks but it was just very random and 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 i can tell how people can be rude that's why it's say in life now mm. i'm never ever rude to a waitress waiter yep. anyone i always tip them with love mm -hmm. beautiful yes. And if you had to, if you, you got three boys, if you had to pick one as your favorite right here on this podcast, wait, no, I'm, I'm, joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I got my firstborn, my firstborn favorite, my secondborn favorite, and my thirdborn favorite. Yes. That's the perfect answer. Yes, That's the perfect yes, answer. But, I'm, but you know what? When I die, 
I want them all to argue. I want their biggest <laughs> argument to be was, I was mom's favorite. No, I was mom's favorite. No, I was mom's favorite. I want them all in an argument. That's what I want. Yeah. I would love that. They are all three my sunshines, and I love them just with all of my heart. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I know you mentor a lot of people, so I want to know who mentors you if you had to, you know, shout out some people that have been pivotable, pivotal in your career and your life thus far. So I have mentors. I don't even know they're my mentors. I have my own personal board of directors. Okay. You know, I got the people like the Oprah Winfrey's of the world, the Melly Hobson's, people like that who I look up to and their success. But I have to say, in Detroit, I don't know. Do you know Cindy Pansky? I don't. She is owner of a strategic staffing solution, or Carla Walker Miller. Those two, and she's Carla Walker. Uh, that's a Walker Miller Enterprise. That's the energy mm -hmm. company. Anyway, those two women right here locally are like, I just look up to them. Their their success. I mean, I, I go out for drinks with them, mm -hmm. and we pour into each other, and I admire those women you know i admire them so much i have to say so and then when it comes to males i just i have so many i have male mentors like they just i look at them what they're doing i look at the walt douglas's of the world i look at the david baker lewis's all of them who are just just doing amazing things and hiring blacks and lifting up other people and making family businesses like walt douglas mm -hmm. like what they're doing so I admire so many people in Detroit. I mean, it's a long list. I would, I'm, I'm like, okay, how many? Do I, yeah, it's so many of them. It's so many people that, even though they don't directly mentor me, mm -hmm. I look at their success. And I, what I mean by success is not about money. Right. It's about are you giving back? Mm -hmm. Are you loving your family? You know, all of that. Are you helping? Are you giving people opportunities so they won't be poor? Because I always say poor means passed over opportunity repeatedly. Mm -hmm. They make sure that anyone who works for them, works with them, whatever, has an opportunity. That's beautiful. I like having your own personal board of directors. So I'm definitely yes. going to adopt that strategy moving forward. Yes, 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 yes. You have to have your own personal board of directors all the time. Absolutely. And yes. congrats to you for successfully passing Freestyle Friday. So I'm done, <laughs> done with the rapid fire questions. Okay, I feel like I now. did something. Okay. <laughs> it can't even rap. Okay. okay. It didn't even have to rap. Okay. So I wanted to go back a little bit more into your story and then talk about the philanthropy piece. So you started um, some years ago a, a camp a organization in order to teach kids how to get better with investments and money. So I really wanted to know how did that come about and tell us more about some of the great things that you've been doing with these students each summer. Okay, so it started because I read in the paper, because I always, you know, summer camps was my thing because I had three sons. But I read this rich kids camp, and I was like, oh, what is this? And well, my kids weren't rich, but I was like, oh, what is this? And they said, $10,000 should go to the camp. It was in the Wall Street Journal, and $10,000 they had to bring with them. And I was like, whoa, my kids won't go, <laughs> can't go here. <laughs> so right where Bass Blue sits right now used to be a black-owned uh, museum. Mm -hmm. So I ended up knowing the executive director there, she's the most beautiful lady in the world. And I had my first camp there 27 years ago. And I said, I'm gonna host my camp right here. So I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do this, this, and I'm gonna teach them the same lessons that they're learning. And I rented some limousines and had them ride out in limousines. And they were, it was called like rich kids camp, money mm -hmm. matters for youth. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, this is 1996. So fast forward, I ended up after thousands of 
young people later we have we i divide them up like stocks small cap mid cap and large cap small cap is elementary school mid cap is middle school large cap is high school so i have three separate camps now so now we have it down at the aretha we have it at u of d we have it like all over because we have so many of our young investors every year we've taken quite a few young investors to the warren buffett shareholders meetings mm -hmm. which has been one of our highlights just taking there we're on the warren buffett's uh, documentary now all of our young people now are just they're doing send the elevator back down i send it down to them they rise higher than me i have so many young investors that are killing it right now owning vc firms doing this doing that and then they also i took uh we went to dubai one year this past year mm -hmm. and they went as owners of crocs so they went to the croc store in dubai so we do international investing so we talk about international investing we talk about giving back and then this year it's all about nelson mandela how he put sports and money together. Mm. So what we're doing is a, a sports entertainment camp. So we're actually doing first day like money baseball. You cannot not know the basics of financial literacy until you run from base to base. What's a stock? What's a bond? You can't hit a home run not unless you know the basics of financial literacy. Then we're playing, you know, basketball, ballers, how to take your best shot when it comes to investing, how to guard your investments. We're doing soccer. You have to write down all your goals first, and then you could go and play soccer. Then they learn how to serve. They're playing volleyball and tennis. And then they're gonna go serve and leave kindness rocks all over the city, write in things and invest in others and plant financial gardens for senior citizens. So we're gonna give back. So we're doing the sport of investing. And then 32 of those young investors are gonna be flying out the very next week. We're flying out to um, Johannesburg. Wow. And being hosted by Mandela's family. And they're going to ring the bell on the stock exchange, on the Johannesburg Stock Exchange. Wow. Is that like, I'm so excited. You don't even know how excited I am. So we're going to have a sports day there. And we're going to, you know, play sports with the young investors and our young investors and then young people in South Africa. They're going to become entrepreneurs. So, yeah, so we have like, it's, so that's what we're doing. So this year, so we're, we're growing. Um, and my thing is, I've never experienced you know, going anywhere internationally. I've never gone out of the country, really, not less when I went to Dubai. Whatever. And so if I, that's my plus one strategy. If I have an opportunity, even though my plus one strategy ends up being like a plus 35, a yeah. plus 50, a plus whatever, <laughs> I'm taking my young people with me because mm -hmm. I want them to have this experience. So, yeah, so I, this year I'm beyond excited. And we also, I got to call Lauren Stovall when we leave here. We need to have her on. Mm -hmm. So Lauren Stovall, we're ringing the bell on the 21st. That evening, Campus Marsh is here for the Detroit Wall Street. Wow. So we're doing that. Our young investors are doing that right here in the city of Detroit. And then we're getting on the plane and going to South Africa and ringing the bell there with Mandela's family and talk about unity. And so I really use money as a tool mm -hmm. to reach our children because they'll listen about money. But mm -hmm. it's really about love and about unity and about coming together and getting out of their comfort zone and to to find their own gifts mm -hmm. they become value investors i need them to learn their value each other's value and then the value of the dollar mm -hmm. 
and this is how I know it's real because you you probably remember this last year you had spoke for uh, my nonprofit the collab and you spoke to some of our high school students at Jalen Rose Leadership Academy and yeah. just kind of breaking down the fundamentals of investing and money to them and I promise you the very next session we had with them like they all had their notebooks and they're like I I'm trying to remember all the stuff that Miss Perry Mason told me because <laughs> I gotta I want to invest in Starbucks and I, I'm trying to get me some money like they were like in it they were ready to go and they're like whatever little money I got I'm trying to put it in some stocks and and do exactly what you said and the lessons that they had learned then you even gave them some free business advice as well and like talking to them about okay well hey young lady you like doing photography this is exactly how you start your photography business and start making money five avenues of income mm -hmm. everybody's five avenues of income i tell people that all the time i tell all my young people so so no so i'm so i'm so excited about taking them to Joburg this year that's going to be like the best ever because i've never you know travel like that so that's gonna be beautiful and isn't it i know and shout out to the young folks that get a chance to participate in that i know we got a lot of young people and then next year we're going somewhere else so i'm trying to like divide up all my young people to give them you know the experience so mm -hmm. i know so and and while i have the expert in the room in investments and money i would like to know if you would be able to give us some some game on you just mentioned five incomes uh, or five different streams of income. How can, if I'm somebody that's trying to figure out my winning money strategy and I just got one stream of income, I just got my job, how can I branch out and then start to build those other five? So, okay, first, so that's good. We're doing Friday, so Financial Friday. Mm -hmm. So let me say mm -hmm. what, what you do. First thing is to thepennyhoarder.com. Mm -hmm. You go on there, every day it'll send you ways to make money while you're sleeping. The same thing, it's like, what is making money while you go to sleep? That's like the key. Like what companies you own, anything, real estate, anything. Just think about what can make money. Turn your passion into your payment, of course. If your passion is photography, take pictures, you know, upload the pictures to iStock Photo, to Etsy, to whatever, you know, all these different places. Then purge, pur make money by purging. We all need to purge. I don't care who you are, you need to purge out your closet here, whatever. Take those clothes to, we're in Detroit, to Regenerations, right in Ferndale. You know, just take your clothes back. Take your clothes somewhere and sell them. We're having a stock exchange at the camp this year mm -hmm. where everybody's going to exchange their clothes or sell them. I like that. So we're doing that. So just bring it there and purge. So, you know, set up your own personal exchange. Then, but the penny hoarder, they have things. If you're going to play solitaire on your phone, they got a way you can play, get paid to play solitaire. If you like to sleep, they got ways to sleep. <laughs> if you like to watch TV, even watching YouTube videos, you can't be watching YouTube videos all day if you're not getting paid to do it. Or create your own YouTube video. Mm -hmm. So there's so so start thinking like once you get your nine to five job or whatever your hours are, never exchange dollars for hours. If you're doing that, it's a paid internship. Then after that, you turn around. It's like okay, what I'm gonna do to create other avenues of income. So I got one lady who I told this to. She was a young lady. She has five avenues of income. She called me, said, yeah, I'm doing this real estate. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I said, come talk to my children. So now I have people who actually who are doing this, who came to my camp years ago, and they got, okay, I got five streams. I got five streams. I said, come on, don't shop on Fifth Avenue. Come in here and do this. Don't buy red bottom shoes. First thing you don't do. If you're, it'll put your budget in the red. Go to Rent the Runway. Mm. That's the one thing I tell young people. I went to so many prime send-offs last night. I'm like, oh, my God. They spent all this money. You could have rented this dress. You could have rented those shoes. You could have rented those. You know, they had everything from all these different brands. And I'm like, okay, you could have rented this for $20. 
You know, because once it's on the and that's your, that's your social media platform, once you're on the gram, it's over. You right. know, you can't wear it again, <laughs> right? right? right. Like, oh, that's why I wear my uniform. Black and pearls every day of my life. I got a uniform. So mm. I don't have to worry about it. So I, I can wear whatever I want to all the time. But you young people. <laughs> yeah, all the time. And so. I like shoes. So, yeah, that, that, don't, that don't help me none. Oh, oh, boy. So you're StockX? <laughs> Yeah. So I took all the Basically. young people to StockX. I took all the young people to StockX. I love StockX. Mm -hmm. I love how they get back. So we partnered with them last year. Nice. So yeah, I love StockX. So that's one of them. And they would go there and, you know, they I ask, can you hire my kids? Can you everywhere I go? Mm -hmm. My young investors. So, so yeah. So that's, you know, I hope that answers your question in it a does. long way. It <laughs> does. And I, I just wanted to say, uh, if, if you're watching this and I know you personally and I hear you talking about you ain't got no money after seeing this episode. <laughs> You ain't doing something right. You need to reevaluate your situation because she just broke it down for you on how you can make passive income literally while you sleep. So thank you for helping us out with that. And uh, wanted to know as far as so you, you're an author as well and yes. you've authored two books. What was it like taking your experience and many years and career and then being able to like consolidate that into a specific subject for those books? And like what was that journey like in developing those? So, and I thank God I had a board of directors. I had someone who was an agent who helped me, you know, with the book. I worked with Glenda Bridgeforth, who is amazing. Could not have done this collaboration without her. And she's the one who told me, oh, no, we need an agent. I'm not doing, you know, we're not doing self-publishing. We're not doing this. We're not doing that. I'm like, okay. Then they set up the publicist. They set up everyone. They set up your book tour. They set it up. And they actually, you know, go by chapter to chapter. So the outline is the key for the book, basically. Mm -hmm. So I learned, like, okay, so outline is this, is that. Because I want to do another book, which I haven't really talked about. I got two books I want to do. So, but one book is called ROI, so Return on Investment. And I wanted to be about all my young people who are killing it these mm. days. So that is my real return on investment is how well everybody's doing right now. And so, and then how investing in our young people and sticking with them and seeing the promise in them and bringing it out is a real investment. So my other book is called From a Full Figure Woman to a Seven Figure Woman, A Woman's Guide to Shifting Her Assets. The worst thing in the world is to be fat and broke and weigh more than your credit score. So that's my thing. I'm just like, look, let me just go. So it's just, it's just like a diet. It's just like a diet. It's just like, okay. But a diet, I don't go on diets. Diet just means did I eat today? That's the only thing diet means. So I don't go on any diets. But the thing is, I just try to like cut back. Just like with your money, it's the same exact thing. Mm. So I just try to take real life things and put it in, write it down. So start writing down your outline. Just real life things that you learn. Mm. And say, oh, this works. Okay. I got Because one thing I had to learn, stop eating in a car. That's my biggest thing. As soon as I go to the gas station, do whatever. Even I'm pumping my gas on the outside. I don't even run and get some chips. Mm -hmm. Come in. I got a sign in my car now. Do not eat. That's really for me. It's like, okay, <laughs> I can't eat in this car no more. So it's so hard. And, you know, our family, you know, like all together, we're like, okay, we got to do this. We got to do this. We got to do this. It's hard. I don't mm -hmm. care what anybody says. It's hard. So I'm just like, okay, that's why I had, I told you, I'm running here. You know, I got to run. So because it's like, okay, I got to get in my steps. I got to run every day. I got to do something. So writing a book is just like writing down your experiences. This way, you know all your life experiences. And it's like, okay, this helped me. Maybe it'll help somebody else. Mm -hmm. So that's it. So I'm just still, and I'm still on my journey. I'm on my journey to still, you know, have, you know, have more assets mm -hmm. and less, you know, 
assets on the other side, you know, on my body. So (laughs) it's a balance. I'll put it that way. It's a balance. It's a balance. And so I'm still, you know, still on that journey. Mm. Yeah. So, so, but that's, that's a book like that could help somebody else out. Mm. And then my experiences. So, you know, by doing that and trying to run a 5k, save 5k, run a 10k, Mm. you save 10k. So it's just kind of like the same thing, you know, Mm. run a half marathon, you know, whatever. So, so yes, that's why last year, you know, when I, well, I turned 60 at the end of last year, but still, I ran 600 miles last year to do that leading up to turning 60. Mm. So this year, I'm back on that journey. So it's kind of like double stacking or triple stacking your goals. So something that you want to do from a health perspective, you can attach it to a money goal as well. That's what I do with the kids. Like they're learning CPR training this year. So they're learning CPR training, how to eat healthy, how to do different things. So, yeah. Gotcha. And I yeah. want to get some some more financial advice from you while you're here. So one thing that I've learned in my financial literacy journey is, of course, you know, the good things is invest, save money, put money away, all those good things. But mm-hmm. how do you know when you want to make a play, if you want to buy yourself something nice? Like, when do you know how to take money out? Like, when does that become a thing for you? Like, of course, you accumulate money, but then I also know people that literally just hoard money. And it's like, I'm saving, I'm saving, I'm saving, but for what? Like, Yeah, for know, what? Yeah. Right. Yeah, you got that right. I know. Someone's like, no, treat yourself. Mm-hmm. Never deprive yourself. And I wrote about that in the book, Girl, Make Your Money Grow. D- don't deprive yourself, because this way you're going to regret, like, I'm saving all this money for what? Like, mm-hmm. what am I doing it for? So, but a lot of people... And I see a lot of people who are so wealthy right now. And I have to say, and the people, a lot of people don't look like us, but a lot of people who have millions on top of millions on top of millions, and they're just not happy. Oh, hey, be happy. I mean, yeah, go out. I mean, if you want to go out and splurge and have a good time, and I guess traveling now is like the thing. Like, I've never had a travel bug in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I would just drive to Frankenmuth was my, <laughs> my travel. But now I'm like, oh, my God, this is, like, real. And I know it costs money. It's like, you know what? We might as well travel. Let's do this. Like, let's save up this money for this trip. You know, I'm going on a cruise with my niece coming up. I think it's in December. I'm like, okay, you know, work out a payment plan. It's just like saving money. Okay, let's do this. So it's kind of like, wow, we, this can't happen. So treat yourself, reward yourself. Don't just save it. Mm. And then, you know, I know you're going to go buy your shoes, but right. have a shoe fund. Actually, have a shoe fund, like at the credit union or whatever, mm. with a high interest rate. Interest rates are high now. So just go ahead and get a shoe fund. Like, this is only for my shoes. So definitely do that. So and then make sure your future wife has a shoe fund too. I was gonna say a shoe would, yes. and a purse fund. She, she, like she needs her. Yeah. She needs her own shoe and purse. So like you all have your own funds. Mm-hmm. Funds for fun. And you already know girls just want to have fun <laughs> and fun. We want to do both. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Is it a such thing as having too many bank accounts to that point? No, because you never want to go over a certain amount. Mm. So, but look at the interest rate. Compare interest rates. If you compare interest rates on your credit cards, we need to compare them on our credit cards and on our accounts. Online banking, just look at them. As long as the insurance is up to 250000 mm-hmm. you know, always do that. And what would you say is one of the biggest conceptions of money or investing? Because you work with people who are higher profile clients, and then also you work with younger people who are just now starting to get their feet wet with money and investments and people in between. So what would you say is like some of the biggest misconceptions of investments and money? Fear. People are frightened to do because, and and this is with me, and I'm not going to just honest, long time ago, I'm looking like, if I can't touch it, feel it, or whatever is not an asset. Now I realize real assets 
You don't touch and feel. If you're driving it, it's not an asset. If you are wearing it, it's not an asset. If it's growing somewhere where you're not seeing it, put a do not disturb sign on it. And I think we have to wrap our arms around that because a lot of people are wearing it now. I have never seen so much bling in <laughs> my life around so many people's necks. And I'm like, wow, they're wearing all of that, you know. You know, I mean, you could invest in gold, but I see the investments right here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, is it insured? You know, we gotta make sure, like we gotta like look at everything as an asset. And so not that I'm downing anyone who does that, but I'm just looking at how we have to wrap our mindset around what is a real asset that's going to pay dividends to us. If it's not paying dividends, you don't even, you're like, uh-uh. Okay, is that gonna pay me? Okay, no, uh-uh. And is it a need versus a want? We don't even look at needs versus wants. Like, I need these red bottoms. Mm-hmm. You know, like, no, you don't, no, you don't, no, you don't. Because I don't need red bottoms if they make orthopedic red bottoms. But right now, I'm like, ooh. ooh. Like, everybody talk about how much they hurt your feet. And I'm like, ooh, wait a minute now, hold up. So, but we just got to look at what we need versus what we want, too. So that's another thing. And then when it comes to investing, just, I mean, it's about research. It's about who you feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And... And then and then start just talking, you know, talking to people. Get a financial coach. Mm-hmm. Get and financial coaches are great because they don't actually do the investing, but they get you ready for that next step. Mm-hmm. So I always think people need a board of directors. You need that financial coach. You need that insurance person. You need the real estate person. You need, heck, we need this podcast mm-hmm. on your board of directors. So yeah, so because you always give up so much information, mm-hmm. and yeah, that Dex is one of your biggest cheerleaders. Like, <laughs> oh, well, yeah, shout definitely. out to the homie Dex. Yes. So. And um, what would you say is next for you? What's next for Gail Perry Mason? What's next for Money Matters for Youth? What's on the horizon? What's in your crystal ball? Uh, what's next for me? I would love to, you know, I, it, so many different things. I mean, I'm doing so many different things. I'm, I just, but in the end, not in the end, maybe like after five years, after seven years, I do want to hand my business over to somebody younger who looks like me, who uh, would treat my clients. Well, I would love to one day do something like that. And then to and groom them to be in the position to do that. The next thing, so I know my clients taking care of, you know, I would love that. And then I honestly, I wanna go, I'm gonna sit on a publicly traded board one day. And then, but I wanna get other people on publicly traded boards already. Mm-hmm. And then I want I wanna work at Costco. I want to actually be a greeter at Costco. I want okay. to go back to why I got to worry about nothing. So I can sit on a public trade board, run my money cams. But when you come to Costco and you ask for your mask, I'm like, hey, you number 200. Boom. You'll say, well, Gail, where's uh, my books on aisle nine? But otherwise, don't ask me. Now, where the pickles go? That is not my job. I want to, I'm trying to learn how to do the neck roll. Like, that's not my job. Neck roll. It's like, that's not my job. Right. Because Costco treats their employees so well. Mm. You get benefits forever. I'll get, you know, if I need some prescriptions back then, mm-hmm. pictures of the grandkids, all this stuff, you know, just go in there and I'll put all my money in Costco stock. I'm like, hey, and people are like, oh my God, is that Gail? Mm-hmm. I will have my wave. You know, I have arrived when you get my fuel <laughs> basket from me at Costco. I have arrived. I will have, it's just hard to have, you don't have retirement plans now. So you got to right. get benefits, you right. know, and I'm like, look, I can just, you know, I would do that. And then, and I can still speak all over, do what I never need to do. Right. Take my vacation. 
I don't have real vacation time. You know, I have vacation time. Oh, let me put in my, I have PTO. Like yeah. right now, I don't have PTO. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just like, you know, I'm at, you know, I'm at a different level. Like I don't have PTO. I have never, people say, I got PTO coming up. I got, I'm like, ooh, I'll, I can say, I've got my PTO coming up. I'm going here. I'm taking my kids here. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to work at Costco. Then I might get a job. I mean, you know, then maybe, you know, get a home in Florida, Arizona, somewhere, mm. and then go and transfer my job down there for the summer. Okay. For the winter months. <laughs> Trans my job over here. This way, I'm still talking to people, interacting, right? Because I love to talk, as you can tell. So anyway, that's also that's that's what Chris say. I love that plan. Yeah, we see me at Costco. I'm like, oh, yeah. They'll think, oh, Kelsey, is that Kelsey Perry Mason? Right. Take my picture. Come on, girl. <laughs> I have arrived. Yep, I have arrived. So I want nobody on your podcast trying to take my job. Right. Yeah. When, you, when you see her at Costco, she did not fall off. Yeah. She, she actually is yeah. the complete opposite. Yeah. So, I'm like, yeah, I would, yeah. That's that's my my next level. Will be when you see me at Costco. <laughs> I already know all the managers at Costco. I already know they know me. I know them. Hey, hey, they know me. Not coming in. The there. plan is emotion. Oh no, oh, no, it yeah, is. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna be working. At, I'm definitely. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love so, that. Yep. Birkenstock shoes, red vest, boom. <laughs> yep. Yep. You got to worry about me my uniform. Right. Above the pearls, yeah. Right. That's just one of the many streams of income. That's That'd it. Be one of my streams of income. That's yeah. Because while I'm there, I'll be making money somewhere else too. Exactly. And getting ready to take my kids on, you know, trip. So by then. More people will take over my money camp. And this mm -hmm. way, that would be my legacy. I don't have to really worry about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't even think you can be on your cell phone at work. Nobody can bother me. <laughs> What's the market doing? I was like, I can be on my cell phone. Okay, good. I'm good. Just chilling. Yeah, just chilling. Yeah. And then think. You, and I got the buffet. I don't know if you ever go to Costco. Yeah. They got all them samples. <laughs> I'm like, I can eat lunch. They got the buffet. Get my scripts. <laughs> pictures of the kids. I'm good. You're good. Mm, good, then my kids gonna chill. be calling me. Can you babysit? Okay, I gotta work these hours. <laughs> but I'm on my way right after work. I'll be there as soon as I get off my shift. Yeah, cause I had a shift. I gotta get a shift. Yeah. Okay, do I get off my shift? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saving on my PTO. I had sick days too. Right. I ain't never had that. And if you work the later shifts, then you can be with the grandbabies in the morning. Yep. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah there thanks. you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I work <it>. late shift. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's what I want to do. That would be the best. That's that's like one of the best retirement plans I've heard ever. Oh, my God. That is my retirement plan. Yeah. I am, that is my retirement plan. Yep. And I'm just going to be right there. I love it. Mm, I love me it. Me and my friends. Me and my friends. <laughs> we go probably work at Costco, too. Acting up. Right. Come on, girl. We about to go get this Costco check. Uh-huh. About yeah. to get this Costco yeah, yeah. yeah. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. These are receipts right here. Yeah. We're coming. Girl, you see, they got an aisle nine. Right. They, got, they got spinach pie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, that's me I call we build a microphone spinach behind that just came out the oven okay <laughs> nah that'd be me <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to see it can't wait to see you uh, oh yeah owning Costco <laughs> running, yeah. <laughs> running things over there y'all so. be running no, right, I'll be running, yeah. be running yeah. that hole yeah. Yep. yeah but don't ask me nothing exactly <laughs> yeah, don't ask me nothing I'll be off the clock like, no off the clock in my real business right and on the clock at Costco, hey, just, just tell me you want this basket. Wheels messed up. I don't care. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time. This was no, great. thank you. Appreciate okay. you coming to the podcast and blessing us uh, on this platform. And I got to give you uh, some flowers because you probably don't know this, but you were you played a part in my entrepreneurship journey in terms of me starting my very first official business after college. So I had won a case competition for I believe it was Black Business Undergraduate Students or Society or something oh like my that. God. And I won that case competition, but you were one of the judges and you mentioned how you could see the business that I had pitched being a real I world remember, application. I, mean, I yeah. watched you 
grow over all these years. And I just know, and then Dexter's always loved you. Mm. But I watched you grow for year after year after year after year for years, like mm. years. Like I'm like, oh my god. So something, something. I was like, okay, that's you call me for collab. I'm like, okay, okay, you call me for this. Okay, okay. And they said, oh my god, there, this, there, yeah. And Dexter's been your cheerleader, like too. Mm. You know, from behind, like you just, and I just love how. And I'm going to say it's how black men just support and lift up black men. Absolutely. All the time. Like, that is, like, so powerful. Mm -hmm. So good. And you won. And I won. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. But that, I took that idea and actually turned it into a business, like, See? years later or, like, a year and some change later. So just wanted to say, you know, thank you for that extra encouragement and let me know that that could be a, a real thing. Oh, but you all, you you know you got it going on. You got it going on. <laughs> this is the first time I met you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's high praise. So, yeah. yeah, I just wanted to give you your flowers on that and appreciate your time for coming on the show. No, thank you. It's an honor. It's an honor. Of course. And everybody watching, I'll tap in with y'all soon. Peace.